And joining me today is a guy that probably a lot of you sort of know, but you may not know his name, but you're going to learn. You're going to learn the name to go with the face. You've, you've almost certainly seen him out there with uh, Y&T. You might have seen him with the Frank Hannon Band, and you've certainly heard some of the production work that he's done. He is Mr. Aaron Lee. Aaron, how are you, man? I'm doing great, Chris. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's great to have you, man. You know, you know, dude, it, it really is funny, you know, going through your bio and reading it. And I was like, okay, I have this record. I have this record. I've heard this record. I've seen Y&T. And yet, you know, the, the name never, never, you know, kind of passed. So maybe that's a good place to start is for people that don't know. Give them a history, a, a little history about yourself because – you're quite the busy guy, and you've you've touched a lot of projects that a lot of a lot of our fans would certainly be familiar with. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how far back to go, but uh, you know, I in 2012 things changed uh, dramatically when I met Frank Hannon. Right. Um, so that's where I'll I'll start from there. When yeah. I got in Frank's solo band, um, it was, you know, it was just like just. Uh, I ran into him in a restaurant one day, didn't even know it was him, really turned around, introduced myself. Next thing I'm in his band, um, and which was, you know, it was total honor and a, and a surprise. Um, and he, he's just such a great guy. He's a great friend. And so, you know, when I, when I got in with Frank, it, doors, many doors would open. I was in the circle, you know, hanging around the Tesla guys. And, and what's cool about Frank is at one point when his solo band, we couldn't tour, we couldn't play because Tesla was starting to get busy. Frank had the idea to uh, bring me out on the road to work for Tesla. Okay. And so basically uh, working for Tesla, I started doing merch for Tesla and selling t-shirts, man. Right. Uh, you know, and then I, I graduated to being his guitar tech out on the uh, Def Leppard Sticks tour. And so that, again, you know, started a meeting, just meeting more people, being in the, in the right, you know, circle of people. Uh, and so with all this time that I spent working for Tesla, which was probably a good couple of years, solid years of, of teching and, and being around them, uh, then Jill Manichetti from Y&T caught wind that I was at tech. And she called and asked if I would cover 30 days of a U.S. tour of Y&T because their tech couldn't make it. Okay. So, of course, I jumped at the chance, you know, to be able to hang with Dave and the guys and, and be able to, you know, hold Dave Menachetti's legendary 68 Les Paul and, and change strings on it and get to know it and, you know, hang out. Uh, but the thing about that is that was the turning point is being out on the road with Y&T for 30 days as a tech. I think it allowed them to uh, get to know me better. Um, they already knew I could play bass. And three weeks after I got home off the road with them, I get an email asking if I was uh, into maybe joining the band. Wow. So with with all that right there in a condensed version of, you know, from Frank Hannon to, to Y&T, I just say this, never be above uh, doing things that you may feel like you, you you're above, but, you know, doing these other tasks may get you to the next level of where you need to go. And you don't know that until you do it. So that's what I did, man. No, dude, that, that is such a crazy, cra you know, that is not the normal story of, of, well, we were in a band and we were 20 and we were playing in LA and, you know, this guy saw us. Or I mean, that is like the true, 
that is the true nature of wanted it and made it happen, man. More than more than almost any musician can say. Yeah, you know, um, being a, a musician my whole life, you know, and of course, you know, being in local bands, I'm from San Jose, California. Okay. And at one point, there was a pretty strong music scene in, in uh, San Jose. We had a lot of clubs to play. And so, of course, you know, I was in original bands. I was in cover bands. I was just doing what every other musician was doing. Um, but like I said, you know, uh, meeting Frank, that's when things change. So it truly is uh, the nature of who you know in this business to get you to where you might need to be, you know. Sure, sure. definitely. Now, you know, in addition to being a musician, you are a um, you're a production guy as well. And you've done you've worked with with quite a few people production wise. Um, do you have a preference? Do you, uh, do you like doing production over playing? Do you like playing over production? Is it whatever pays the bills? I mean, how, how do you how do you gauge it? <laughs> Well, I really enjoy the artistry of being in the studio, recording, um, mixing. Uh, I love setting up, you know, micing everything up and, and doing that whole bit and the technical aspects of it. I really enjoy that part of it. But then, you know, nothing beats being in front of a live audience and making that connection with people that are like-minded, that love music as much as you. You know, they may not be able to play the instrument, but they're absorbing it just like you're giving it. So it's you know, it's it's a great give and take, and I really, really value that as well. So uh, it's it's not one or the other, really. You know, it's actually a means to the end, you know, to uh, go out and do a gig or, you know, be in the studio and, and recording some music, you know. Sure, definitely. And, and you know, the, the interesting thing is, as a musician, I have to imagine that, that it, it kind of really – it gives you insight to the music because you know what you're trying to get and you know how to get there where, you know, a lot of guys just show up and play and they need guidance. But at the same time, I know, you know, I know a million and five musicians, same as you do. And none of y'all are ever satisfied with anything that you do. And I have to imagine when you're in the production world, that makes it even harder for you to say, okay, this is done. This is complete. No. It's so difficult to call something done. You know, what, what's great is, well, there's a saying, I don't even know if I can get the saying right, but you don't, you don't ever finish a mix, you turn it in. Okay. <laughs> so it, you can always go back and, and change things or fix things. And, and that's kind of the part of the problem with having um, studios in your home and, and just having access, easy access to recording is that you can live with something for a long time and and maybe you've you've passed the exit if you know what i mean like you know and then you have to find your way back to where you were before because you've changed things you've had the options to to go in and re-record stuff or you know like some of our favorite bands you like the demos better than the actual masters that they put out you know so yeah. as an example you know because back in the day when you were recording to tape you know and you only had so many options uh, you you had to commit and you lived with it and that was it. Okay, that I can live with that. You know, you did your best. But nowadays, man, it's just, you know, you can constantly fiddle around with a mix or, you know, tweak in this frequency or that frequency. It's like, but yeah, you have to get to a point where you can just let it go, you know. Yeah, dude, I, I've always thought that too about, about our heroes. If our heroes, if the Led Zeppelin, especially Led Zeppelin, but, you know, Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath, uh, Aerosmith, whatever. If they would have had the ability 
especially a guy like Jimmy Page to to be in a studio today with Pro Tools and all that, we would have never had any of the classic Led Zeppelin because 90% of what made them great was that the fuck-ups fit. You know what I mean? So, you know, Absolutely. we would have never had that now. Yeah, and what's great is those those fuck-ups, as you put it, are the, the nuggets in the song that you you gravitate to like you love those parts you know so yeah it's a beautiful thing fuck up <laughs> <laughs> nice well dude uh you know obviously in addition to being in y&t and in frank hannon's band you are you are branching out now to doing your own music you have a new single out called live for today and you have an ep that's uh just self-titled um so talk a little bit about the decision to to do your own thing, you know, at, while at the same time being members, being a member of, of other bands? Well, you know, as with most musicians and entertainers, um, when we got locked down and venues closed down and we couldn't tour, you know, it's like, well, what else is there to do really? Um, I would be doing myself a disservice if I didn't take advantage of the time to be creative. So that's basically how that went you know i was hoping that yt might have uh, been able to you know rally together to at least put out a song a single or something but you know nothing happened with that so i just took it upon myself to just focus on writing my own music and doing my own thing um just to basically just keep myself busy and 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 be creative uh, i started with one single uh, which was entitled insanity right. and that was uh september 2020 is when i released that but things just kept coming. Uh, I just had more material that that kept coming through, and and uh, so I just kept recording. And once I had you know like four songs, I just compiled them to an EP, and that way I'd have a physical product out there. And uh, but then you know, Live for Today came along, and that's another single that I just released. And so it's just going to continue. You know, I don't see it, it, an end to it. I might as well just uh, keep rolling as long as uh, I'm, I'm being fed songs wherever they're coming from. You know. Sure. Now, I, I want to go back to Insanity for a second before we go to Live for Today. That song has a hook that could catch a whale, man. That is such a cool jam, man. I, I, oh, I thank really, you, man. really like that, man. Talk talk a little bit about, about that song specifically because it, it, it seems like it's very impassioned, very personal, and and yet it's, it's, it's one of the – production-wise, it just – I don't know how to say it better than it just sounds amazingly good in headphones. You know, oh, it, it has well, that great sound. So, you know, talk about that one for a minute. Well, again, thank you for the for the kind words, man. I mean, I really take a lot of pride in, in production. And, you know, like we were just talking earlier, you know, so, some uh, songs or, or musicians or however they're doing their production, a lot of it can sound very similar these days. It, it's just kind of sometimes hard to, to tell when you turn on the radio of some of these new bands that, you know, uh, there's there's a certain um, tonality that just it's it's very similar. Um, and and I'm, I'm from the old school, man. I, I you know, try to uh, think it more in, in vintage terms or of, uh, you know, sounds and, and sonics, you know. Um, so with Insanity, that's kind of where that was coming from production wise. And, uh, you know, the, the lyrical content was just basically looking around at, at what's going on and how insane the world is, really. And to if we could ever just escape this, even for, for a minute, you know, it, it would be a great thing, you know. But it's a daily uh, grind of, of insane things that go on in our world. And it's just how we navigate around it to conduct our lives, you know. Yeah. 
no question, man. Now, I, you know, just from a production standpoint, and it's it's something I can never get a good answer from anybody from, and I'll try from you, and maybe we'll get one, maybe not. But um, why is I? Let me back up. I think the the greatest disservice of production in 2021, and and it started maybe three four years ago, but it's been going. It it just continues to go is that everybody tries to record everything on 20. You know, everything is bricked. You know, when you open it up in a wave lab or something, it's full blast. You And, and to me, as a music fan, yeah, it's great that I can put it on my phone and it's loud, but at the same time, there's no texture, there's no tonality, there's nothing. It's just, you know, through the, through the headphones. And, and I don't understand why musicians accept that i don't understand why they you know because you guys put so much time crafting these songs together and building the layers and creating the the soundscape just to have it wrecked by production that is just you know floated up to 11 i i never understand why that is a why that is a trend that is going on right now do you have any idea or yeah, I have a really good idea why it's like that. Um, reason reason being is, I mean, uh, later in the 90s into the 2000s is when the loudness wars started happening, you know, trying to get your master louder than the next guys. So when it comes on the radio, you know, we didn't have streaming still back then. Um, but when it would come on the radio, that it was just jumping through the speakers louder than the next guy. Uh, or your CD being in one of those CD changers, you know, that if your CD wasn't up to snuff with the next CD that was playing, you know, so uh, that's where that started, really. But I, I totally agree with you. When, when you brick wall limit something, you're taking all the dynamics and you're just squashing it into just a, a, a flat line. Yeah. Um, music wasn't meant to be listened to or even, you know, accepted in that way. It, music is a dynamic thing. Uh, leaving the dynamics in, I think, gives it a little more uh, life, emotion to it. Um, also, you know, there's such a thing as called a volume knob. You know, if if you're, let's say a song comes on, you just, let's say, heard the latest, um, as an example, Dirty Honey. They're a great band. I, I love the love band, them. I love their songs. But as, as we're talking, their masters are slammed, man. And mm -hmm. it, you know, it's, it's what it is. Um, it's the competition in the market, really. But uh, especially with um, streaming services, you know. Uh, but what's interesting with the streaming services now is they, you have to submit to a certain DB level. And I think it's like minus 14 or something. And I'm, I've just been learning all this stuff because I've been doing all this on my own, you know, with my own solo music, so. I did a lot of research in this to, to know how to submit your track to streaming services, because if it's slammed too loud, they're just going to turn it down anyway. Mm -hmm. So by by taking all the dynamics out of out of the mix and squashing it to death, limiting it to death, they're still going to limit on the other side of the streaming service. So you're kind of doing yourself a disservice there. You know, leave the dynamics there. Give it some breathing room. And then if people want to turn it up, they can turn it up. Yeah. Well, and you know, the interesting thing, and, and I know we're, we keep going back to the classics, but you know, so much of the classic, the classic stuff that is still stadium fillers anytime they decide to make a, make a, you know, a tour happen. 
so much of that was recorded in soundscape fashion. I'd take a band like, yeah, pick one, Genesis, Pink Floyd. There's two. There's so much going on in the songs that literally you can hear it one way on a stereo. You can hear it another way in a, in a set of headphones. You can hear it another way in a car. And you hear all the dynamics because they didn't brick wall everything. And it, it's just amazing to me that so many bands don't want to accomplish that. They're, and, and maybe it's just because we have such short attention spans right now that people are just like, well, if, if, if it doesn't catch them in 30 seconds, they're not going to catch my band anyway. But it just seems like a, a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. You know, but what's a, even a sadder thing is, you know, musicians and uh, artists, producers, mixers, we, we go through all, we jump through all these hoops to try to make it sound the best it can possibly sound. Um, at least I do. And but people listen to stuff on their phone. You know, so you're listening out of a tiny little Microsoft microscopic speaker that's not giving you any low end. It's just giving you a bunch of mids and highs, you know. So now there's even engineers that are, are starting to mix for the phone. Wow. I mean, where you're, you're taking the bass and you're, you're tailoring the bass guitar. You're taking out everything from like 80 down, 80 hertz down. And then you're, you're bumping all these low mids so it'll translate through a phone or a computer, you know. So I think we, we've, we're starting to get uh, lost on that side of it. Let's bring it back, you know. Sure. Uh, dynamics, man, that's, that's the life of, of music. Do you think vinyl helps bring the dynamics back? Because, you know, just vinyl will sound terrible if it's, if it's brick walled, it'll, it'll sound just awful. Well, the vinyl record will skip if you, if it's yeah. too loud when you're cutting vinyl. Cause I, with the YNT acoustic album, you know, I, I was in touch with the, the mastering engineer and uh, he, he was saying, you know, cause I was the one who mixed that, that album. Wow. And he was saying, we need to, we need to, to turn down some things here because it is a little loud because of course I was thinking in terms of streaming services, things like that. Sure. Um, but when you cut vinyl, you know, you only have so much time on a side and you can only squish so much into grooves. So you have to kind of tailor the volume, you know, for, for that to work. And I think that's back in the day, like the Rush records or the Floyd records or, you know, you go back to the classics, the Beatles, you know, um, Beatles is a prime example. They used to try to fit like 12 songs on a side because their their songs were short. Right. But as you got to the tail end of the record, the last few songs started sounding really distorted because they're cramming all that sound into that those small grooves, you know. So now that we don't have to worry about that, you know, that's that's the thing. That's why things are so loud. You know, right. they used to have to turn it down for vinyl, not turn it up. Right. Definitely, man. Well, dude, uh, you, you certainly have found a way to capture the, the soundscapes. Um and for people that haven't heard it yet, they should look up your your latest single, uh, "Live for Today," which is uh, which is uh, you know it, it's kind of a theme to your music that I've heard anyway. The the five six songs that I've heard is it has lush soundscape to it. You you can delineate between drums and guitars and bass and and, and vocals and, and it you know it, it it's from a production standpoint, it's cool. I I also like the fact that you've kind of reached back to the like the classic rock sound without creating dated music, which is a, which, you know, that's a tough pill to swallow. That's very hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
you know, I'm not uh, when, when I went into starting to, to write for myself and, and releasing solo music, I definitely didn't have any thought in my head about being contrived, you know, of a certain sound. Um, I've really appreciated artists that when you listen to their music, there's some diversity within their different songs. Not every song has the same feel or same production or I've always really enjoyed that. Um, and, and a prime example of that is someone like a Lenny Kravitz. He, uh, you know, one, one song has a real retro feel, but then the next song can have a real modern feel, you know, and it's, he just kind of take, lets the, the music guide him with the sonics, I think. Um, and, and that's kind of where I'm coming from is nothing is really contrived. It's just what's, what's flowing through and just, so I'm trying to be honest and from my heart and, you know, it's just what it is. Sure. <laughs> it's what's coming out. What, what lessons, um, are you learning now as, as kind of a front man, you know, versus, versus the fact that you've been, you know, you spent the last 10, whatever years with guys that clearly run their camps, you know, mm -hmm. obviously Manichetti runs his camp and certainly Frank Hannon and yeah. the Frank Hannon band runs his camp. Now you don't have that guy. Now you're that guy, you know, that kind of has to dictate it. So what lessons have you learned, you know, doing it yourself? that maybe you didn't know from, from watching the other guys, you know, lead the show? Well, the first thing I have learned is that it's a lot more work. Okay. Um, you know, down to, I mean, just, just when you're recording as a musician, that's, that's the fun part. You know, you're in your studio or your space or wherever you're doing it and that's great. And you're in it and then you're done with a song. Well, what's next? Now you got to release it and then you got to jump through a bunch of hoops to do this, to get it out to the world the proper way. Um, and then from there, you got to promote it somehow, which thank God, you know, that there's, uh, you know, people out there like yourselves that are, you know, listening to new music and pushing that stuff out and much appreciated. Um, but there's so many different levels of being a solo guy. And, you know, I don't have a manager. I don't have a, uh, you know, a team or anything. I'm just doing everything on my own. Um, and I've, I've learned a lot from Frank, you know, actually is watching, you know, over the years of how he conducts his solo thing. And so I've kind of taken from him at, at certain points of how did he do this? Well, maybe I should do the same thing because it worked for him, you know, do what works. And, and then the other trials to it is just learn from the mistakes and try not to do it on the next song you release, you know, um, right. And, and that's one thing that uh, I learned with, uh, you know, releasing Insanity. And then I, I've released Two Light Judy and then a song called Tell Me. Those, those two songs after Insanity, I, I feel like I almost kind of dropped the ball in the promo department. Like I should have really tried to push those a little more somehow, but I didn't really have an avenue, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I talked to Frank a little bit and he had mentioned a couple things I should be doing and, and I, did that and it seems to be working for live for today for this single so yeah sure so so what is the what is the end goal if there is an end goal for um for the um for aaron lee versus versus you know being in the bands are you looking to find enough traction to to get away from the other bands and do this on your own or is it something that you're doing for the love of the music or wh where are you trying to get to you know, that's a great qu question, Chris. I, um, 
you know, I <laughs> I just did an opening slot for Warrant on last Saturday. Um, I did an, a solo acoustic set and I had some people asking me, are you going to be doing any original music? And I said, well, I'm not going to be playing any of my songs because I'm doing a solo acoustic. I don't want to come out kind of limp with, let's say, Live for Today on acoustic. It's not really built for that. It's, you know, I need a band right. to do that. And all these songs actually require a full band to do that, to go out and play live and, and doing it solo. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. I'm at a crossroads with do I have the time and do I want to invest the time into putting together a band? Because that's, again, taken on a lot of, of you know, work on myself. Mm -hmm. I just don't know how busy Y&T is going to be at this moment. You know, we're still kind of in this... Uh, uncertainty of how venues are, you know, how busy we're going to get, how booked up we're going to get. So I can't really make a move until Y&T starts to get back into the flow of things. And then I can kind of gauge, you know, how, how far I want to push the solo Aaron Lee thing, you know. Is that frustrating? It is frustrating. Yeah, because it's unknown, you know, you just don't know until you're there. And then it's like, all right, well, it's a good thing I didn't try to do that because now I'm really busy over here. So it's just a waiting game right now, you know. But right. I, I and the other thing that could end up happening is you try to do the solo thing, and if it doesn't take off, well, you've given up the Y and T gig. Yeah, well, I would never give up my gig in Y and T. That's you know, I mean, unless I get canned or you know, so <laughs> I I you know. No, I mean, I, I see myself sticking around as long as possible with Y&T. You know, Y&T, since I was a teenager, has been one of my favorite bands of all time. And to be in it is a dream come true. So I'm not willing to give that up right now for to go out and do my solo thing. I mean, there's always going to be uh, some downtime that I can devote to it. It's just I've got to know when that downtime is going to be. That That's where I'm at with it. Right. Right. Dude, I gotta tell you, just a, a fun. I, I'm a gigantic Y&T fan. I, I, as long as I can remember, I, I've had Y&T records, and and actually, when I lived out out there, I, I was stationed in the military in Central in um, Fort Ord. So um, I used to come up all the time to you know, like Monterey or San Jose or San Francisco for shows and whatnot. I actually caught two quote unquote final show ever's of Y&T. <laughs> I caught one was at Club Monterey in Monterey and one was at Doc Ricketts on the on the boardwalk in San I think it was in San Francisco. <laughs> but two oh. different shows that were billed as the final show ever of Y&T and here we are dude that was like in the like 1990. So here we are 30 years later and Y&T is still going on. It's amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. Well, hey, back in that time, there was a lot of, you know, the, the 80s bands, man, that at, at that point just, you know, they had to hang it up for yeah. a little while. But no, it's it's a great thing that Y&T finally did come back and that there's, uh, you know, the, the fans are great. I, they really are a diehard, you know, set of fans and they'll, they'll travel, they'll come see us in different countries, they'll come. I mean, when we played in Japan, I mean, there was people from America that flew over there, you know, so it was just to see the band in Japan, you know, it's, it's a, it's a really cool thing. Great fans. 
Yeah. And, and dude, yeah. it's not an easy gig for a guy like you. I everybody makes a big deal about Menachetti and, and as they should, you know, he's pushing 70 years old and he's still doing almost three hours a night and sounds note perfect doing it. But you know, for you guys yes. and too, you're doing three hours a night as well without the, you know, without the acclaim, you know, you're just you're just coming out and, and ripping every night. I saw you guys here in Cleveland or in Cleveland area, I think it was in Akron actually, um, what, mm -hmm. two years ago, three years ago, something like that. So, you know, yeah. it's a hell of a show and it's, you know, more than most of the contemporaries of Y&T, you guys, the, the band Y&T really does a great job at a full retrospective of a 50 year career, 40, whatever years it's been. It, it's, it's an amazing show, man. Well, thank you, man. And, you know, that's all due to just uh, YNT has a great catalog. You know, there's not a, a bad song. And so what's difficult, though, is, of course, you got to play the, you know, uh, Summertime Girls. You got to play the Lipstick and Leather. You're, you know, there's certain songs, you know, Black Tiger. You know, there's just certain songs you got to play every night. But we tend to slip in different songs here and there, different shows, you know, as we as we're going along on a tour, mainly just to keep us us interested you know and and on fire with it but uh also i know that the the diehard fans man they really appreciate that as well you know so a, a show let's say in, in one city is going to get a little bit of a different set than the next night you know so you just don't know and and again you know dave is is just he's on fire man i mean the guy hasn't lost a thing and when he just you know hey we're let's try this one tonight it's like really you want to go there huh all right well i'm with you let's go you know right right no doubt man well dude i'm, I'm going to give you the option ahead of the question to either to either give me the polite dodge or give me the straight answer and it's your call which one you choose and i won't argue with you about it but why is it that we don't have new y&t music it's been 11 years man You know, I'm not really clear on the, the only thing I can really say about that is that at that the last few years, last five years, I guess, minus this year that we couldn't tour, but um, just been busy touring. And it's almost like, you know, when you get home, the last thing you want to do is get back in a room. And, and because it would take a few months of really collectively being together, writing, you know, mm -hmm. um, I don't I don't know if. Dave is is up for that, you know. I mean, we we've talked about it, but it just kind of it's just talk, and and then it goes away. Um, I would have, like I said earlier, I would have thought that in this downtime, I mean, we wouldn't even have to be together. We can do it online, you know, like sending files back and forth, like most people do. Um, we wouldn't even have to be in the same room. But you know, I don't know, honestly, Chris. I don't I don't know what's up with that, and I hope that something will spark it and break i mean i even said just one song let's just yeah, do one man. one song man put it out you know and i know people would, would flip their lids man but um i can't i can't really give you a solid answer on that that's fine well tell dave from me get to it let's go <laughs> all right i will definitely I, I try to use all the ammo i can when it comes to that you know right let's go come on <laughs> no doubt now, now, Aaron, am I right in 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 thinking that you worked with uh, a guy that I really like, a newer guy, James Durbin? Did you work with him? Yeah, I did. Actually, James is a friend. 
and yeah, he, uh, he lives in Santa Cruz, and you know, so he's he's close enough. But um, he had me mix five songs on one of his albums, um, and I have had him open for Y&T. I was, you know, I was the conduit to that, to have him as a solo, you know, his solo acoustic thing open up for us a few times, actually. Uh, James is just a really talented guy. Um, I love his work ethic. He, uh, again, he's just one of those guys that I, I even kind of look at what he does and, and how he's doing it, you know, cause he's doing everything by himself, you know, take a little bit from, from what he's doing as well. But um, yeah, yeah, I mean, Beyond the five songs that um, I mixed on his record and then, you know, him opening for Y&T and things like that, uh, that's about as to the extent of that. But, yeah. yeah I mean, he's uh, – he's I, I personally think he doesn't get nearly enough credit for the talent that he has. I mean, he is a, a straight, straight up – reminds me of, like, Jeff Tate – in a way, yeah. <laughs> you know, as far as just the talent level, not the sound, but the talent level is there. I'm curious from you, from a production standpoint, working with a guy like that, is it easier to work with a guy like that that's a little bit green? And I mean, he's obviously he's done a few records now, but he's still a little bit green as far as how to use his voice and how to guide a song versus like a, a Frank Hannon, a Dave Menachetti, uh, you know, the more established guys that come in just knowing exactly what they have to do. Well, that is James. He knows what he, what he wants to do. You okay. know, he, he's, he's got it in, in his head of what he's going to do um, down to, you know, the mixing of it as well. You know, when I mixed the, the songs, I, I had versions, you know, that I was really digging and say, Hey, can you change this a little bit and put this, you know, I want this like this. And of course, you know, I'd make the changes and, and he, he liked it. So, um, I well, especially like with this uh, uh, metal album he just released. Yeah. Uh, he, I mean, and and also Mike Vanderheel played drums on that record as well, the drummer for YNT. Um, so he might even be a guy you might want to ask about that. But uh, I I think that he he knows exactly what he what he wants to do. I mean, he told me about this metal record he was going to record long before he even did it, and he was even asking me if I want to submit some songs, you know, because I got some heavier stuff as well. And I was entertaining that thought. And then I thought, you know what? I want to save this stuff for Y&T is, is sure. what I was thinking. You know, these these bits of nuggets here and there, you know. So, uh, but yeah, man, no, James is just one talented guy. Great singer, great vocalist. His range is incredible. Yeah, uh, he's he's really, he, he's he's an amazingly talented kid, or I guess he's not really a kid anymore, but, you know, he he's amazingly talented and he's a, you know, I, I've I've had a chance to interview him once and I've talked to him another time and just seems like he's a really genuine like guy. He doesn't doesn't seem like he's putting on considering, you know, the whole American Idol thing and the you know, the the attention that he got from that, he doesn't seem like he's very influenced by that at all. He still seems like a pretty straight shooter normal kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, he did get to jam with Judas Priest, <laughs> so that's pretty cool. You know, he does have that kind of a Rob Halford feel, you know, to his voice when he wants. But, uh, you know, he can also, uh, you know, sing a great ballad as well and, and be really intimate with his voice, too. No question, no man. Question. 
Well, another guy, another guy that I know that can sing with the best of them is Mr. Aaron Lee, who has this great new single. It is called Live for Today. I suggest everybody go out there and check it out, as well as the EP, which is on all the streaming services now, just simply called Aaron Lee. And Aaron, where should we tell people to go to keep up with you and find out where you're going to be and where to get the music and all that stuff? First place would be AaronLee.com, and that's A-A-R-O-N-L-E-I-G-H.com. And that's pretty much got all my social links there. It's got the music on the website. I've got Live for Today streaming on the website, which how we were talking about Sonics, you know, earlier um, in production. You know, what I found is, you know, listening to Live for Today on the streaming services, opposed to actually streaming it off my website, it sounds way better off the website because it's the full file. It's not broken down into a small little bits and pieces of an MP3. So if you want to stream Live for Today off the website, it's going to sound great. Go there. Very cool, man. Thanks for checking out this episode of The Classic Metal Show. Get all of our episodes uncensored at www.theclassicmetalshow.com. Join us weekly from 9 p.m. till 3 a.m. Eastern at www.cmsradio.net. Participate in the live chat room at www.chatandkill.com. Once again, thank you for checking out The Classic Metal Show with Neely and Chris. Hail and kill. Fuck you, pal. Hand job. Hey, guys. My name's Scott Bowling. I have a YouTube show called Good Company with Bowling. What's up? This is Clint Lowry from Seven Dust. Hey, what's up? This is Sonny Mayo. Hey, Ricky Rackman. And you're watching Good Company with Scott Bowling. I've interviewed bands like Limp Bizkit, Fozzie, Seven Dust. I've had Chris Farley's brother, Tom Farley, on the show. My show is kind of like a modern-day Wayne's World. If you love a good interview, a good rock interview, or just any kind of interview, please, if you get a chance, check out my show, Good Company with Bowling.